Well, this carol, What Child Is This?, asks us the question, who exactly is this Jesus, born in the manger, born in the stable in Bethlehem? And I want to express to you today that Jesus had a destiny, and he had a very specific destiny, and his destiny was that he would die for the whole world, that he would die for all of us. And it says in the words of this particular carol, nails, spears shall pierce him through, the cross be born for me and for you. I don't know whether you've thought about the word destiny before, whether you feel you have a destiny. I was thinking about it and I thought there's things I want to do, places I want to go, experiences I want to have, but I'd have to say that these things were not, are not really a destiny, but Jesus had a destiny to go to the cross, to die for the whole world. And as well as a destiny, I just want to add that he had an identity. And his identity was to be the saviour king, the king who saves. And in this carol it says, this, this Christ the king, the king of kings, salvation brings. A king who brings salvation. When we look at the life of Jesus, it seems to me that he was born in poverty. His uh, parents were unknowns. He grew up in the town of Nazareth in a regional country area of Palestine of the day, which was like a, a far-flung uh, satellite outer planet of the Roman Empire. And he grew up, not much is known about his uh, childhood, just a few things, but at the age of 30, he became and started a very prominent ministry, became a prominent public figure. He went around teaching. He gathered together some supporters, the disciples, and there were healing miracles. And soon, large crowds were following him around. And he began speaking about the kingdom of heaven. He'd say, the kingdom of heaven is coming. And people thought, maybe he's the king. Maybe he's the one that's been prophesied for hundreds of years that was going to come from God he was the one who was um, the, of the line of David and that he was going to unite all of Israel and he would free them from the Romans. But Jesus knew that they wanted to take him to be a king by force. And so he avoided them because he wasn't going to be a political king, but a spiritual king. And so Jesus had a great heart for the, the lost, the outcasts, the rejected the lepers, and uh, he was a servant, and he had the wisdom of God upon him. And soon there were large crowds following him around, multitudes, it says. Well, the leaders of the day became kind of irritated with him, frustrated with him and, and angry with him. And eventually they put together this plot, and one night he was arrested. He was put on trial, he was beaten and whipped, and uh, he was falsely accused and sentenced to death. And the very next day, we know, he was led out to the cross where he was executed on what was a Roman horrendous form of painful punishment. And what was even more humiliating was that Jesus died alone. Most of his supporters had deserted him. 
So when I think of the destiny of Jesus going to the cross like this and dying willingly, I think it's, it's kind of a disaster. I mean, what kind of plan is this? It seems a, a failure that Jesus would go to the cross, die like this. His supporters had left him, a horrendous death. What do we make of it, this destiny of Jesus? To understand the destiny, we've got to roll back time well before Jesus was in the manger, in the stable, in Bethlehem, this was a destiny that was born in eternity. And God, when he created, something came out of his mind, this destiny, and he created us to be like him. And three things I wanted to say that God is like is that he is holy, perfect, and he loves us. And so he wanted us to be holy, perfect, and to love him. We couldn't do it. The Israelites, it's recorded over hundreds of years, were pretty bad at it too, of loving God. And he sent angels and prophets to warn them and advise them. But uh, in the main, they went their own way and just couldn't do it. But I wanted to talk a bit more about the destiny of Jesus and what happened to Jesus in terms of the law. And the law of God was given to Moses the prophet 1,600 years before Jesus appeared. And in that law, God explicitly gave statutes and rules and regulations and said that if you can follow this law, then you'll be able to love me. And it was difficult for the Jews. But in the law, he added something very special. He put in a provision, a remedy for sin. And this is what he said. The remedy was this, that when you sin, being a farming community, I want you to go to your flock and take the best lamb you have, or bull, or goat, or even birds, and I want you to take those animals to the priest, and he will sacrifice them. And they will be sacrificed on your behalf. So you would take your animal to the priest, he would sacrifice the animal for you. He would lay his hand on the animal and he would confer the sin of the person onto that animal and then the animal would be sacrificed. And what is even more spectacular was that it was a blood ceremony. And the priest would take the blood and he would sprinkle it around the tabernacle or the temple. And as he did this, it was symbolic that a life had been taken a life of an animal had been taken for the death of sin within the person. In fact, when the law was given to Moses, Moses instituted this blood ceremony. He took the blood and sprinkled it, and he sprinkled it on the book of the law, on the scrolls that had just been written, and he sprinkled the blood on the people themselves, on their clothes and on their face and on their head, so they'd go home with lots of blood on them. And it was symbolic that this blood was given for their lives. And I want to introduce a word at this point, which is the only technical word, and that's the word atonement. The word atonement. In the Hebrew scriptures, the word atonement has only one meaning, and that is a covering. A covering. So we have a, when it's raining, we have an umbrella. When we're inside, we have a roof over our heads. But the word atonement in this situation represents a blood covering a blood covering. And so when there is an atonement, there is a covering of blood. And in Leviticus chapter 17, 
God had written into the law, he said, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you, the blood, on the altar to make an atonement for your souls. So the life of the flesh is in the blood. And he's saying here that in our bodies, the blood is flowing. If we stop the blood flow, there's no life. So our life is dependent on the blood. And he said, I've given you the blood as an atonement for your souls. So the animal sacrifice represented a situation where the blood of an animal, the life was taken, it substituted for your life, and your sins were covered over by the blood of the animal, which gave atonement and made you acceptable to God. It's kind of a brilliant sacrificial system in a way. And the Jews persisted with this for hundreds of years. Sometimes they lost the book of the law. I don't know why, but they found it again. They said, oh, we should be following these sacrifices. So they would institute the sacrificial system again. But largely, the idea of sacrificing an animal for us or for the Israelites wasn't really the most effective way to um, deal with sin. Because if you think about it, the sin in our hearts within us, could that be erased by simply taking an animal and sacrificing it. It was a symbolic gesture, and, uh, but not the complete picture. And so, after hundreds of years, in the fullness of time, Jesus appeared. Jesus appeared. And when Jesus began his public life, John the Baptist saw him coming and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. The Lamb provided by God for you. The perfect sacrifice. That Jesus was a sacrifice on our behalf, similar to the animal sacrifice, but instead it was the perfect life of Jesus that was given for us, for our imperfection. When Jesus died on the cross... All our sins, past, present, and future, the sins we haven't even committed, the ones that are going to happen tomorrow, were taken upon Jesus' body. And we know that the sky went black and went dark. Now, what Jesus was, who Jesus was, he was a man who had walked perfectly with God. He'd been perfect, holy, and loved God perfectly. When he died on the cross, he'd been, as we know, he'd been beaten and whipped. There was a lot of blood. He had a, a crown of thorns stuck on his head, so there's more blood. There were nails driven in his hands and in his feet, and a spear thrust in his side. So there's a lot of blood there. So you have a man on a cross bearing the sins of the whole world on his body, covered over with the perfect blood of God. And that was a perfect atonement. Unlike the animal sacrifice, Jesus did the perfect work of sacrifice to deal with the sins in our lives. And it's for those who accept Jesus. It's for those who accept him. And Jesus, when he died on the cross, he inaugurated that kingdom, the kingdom of heaven that he'd spoken about. A kingdom that would be eternal. In the Old Testament, it says... In the scriptures, written 700, 800 years before Jesus, it says, your king will be born in the town of Bethlehem. 
Well, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It says, your king will enter the holy city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Well, Jesus entered the holy city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey. It says, your king will be of the line of David. Jesus was descendant from King David. It says, your king will establish an eternal kingdom. Jesus' kingdom is everlasting, eternal, and will never end. And it says in Isaiah 53, he bore the sin of many for the sins of the people. He was punished, not his own sins, but on behalf of others. And Jesus did that for us. Just marvelous. He inaugurated the kingdom, a holy, perfect king, a kingdom filled with the love of God. And I want to say that our destiny, Jesus' destiny was the, the cross. Our destiny is this kingdom so that we would be holy, perfect, love God, love his creation, and love one another. So just reflecting on the carol again about this child with a destiny, this king, it said, Nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me and for you. This, this is Christ the King, the King of Kings, salvation brings. So I'd like to welcome the team up and we'll worship the Lord together.